Okay, welcome everyone. We are ready to get started here tonight and thank you all for coming out and thank you to our candidates who are who will be answering questions tonight from our moderators and and um, from our news media is Derby Jones and Tom Lawrence and as well as our moderator is Richard Davis. So thank you and let's just have a moment of prayer. All right. Father, thank you for um, forgiving us of our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand, and we ask you to lead and guide us. And we just thank you for such a time as this, as having an opportunity to um, present, our, present ourselves before you and to be the men and women that you're calling us to be to be in Jesus' name. And we just ask you to lead and guide us tonight, and we ask the Holy Spirit to come and guide. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good evening, everybody. I'd just like to start by introducing your host this evening. We have Ms. Cheryl Brown. She's the chairman of the uh, Williamson County Republican Party. Miss mm -hmm. Debbie Ballard. She is the president of the Republican Women of Williamson County. And then Ms. Sherry Anderson, she's the president of Williamson County Republican Career, Career Women. I've started out bad already. <laughs> and we'll ask Ms. Debbie to uh, lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Everybody rise, please. I pledge allegiance to, to the flag, flag of the United, the flag States, United States of America, America and, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. To my right here, we've got our panel this evening. Uh, we have Mr. Derby Jones from the Herald, and we have Tom Lawrence from WAKM. And are you? Oh, excuse me. I, I was. Are you not Anika? Okay. And we have an Anika Exum from the Tennessee. And we also okay. have Bill also. I'm sorry. Lost Mr. Coleman in the mix. I'm very sorry. <laughs> and who are you with? The Williamson Herald. Williamson, okay. Oh, you were here last time. <laughs> Short-term memory, what can I say? And the next person to introduce is probably the most well-known in the county, and that will be our great mayor, Mr. Rogers Anderson. So the Republican Party has asked me just to kind of give a snapshot, an overview of of, of our county. Uh, many of you know some of these facts, but I'll repeat them anyway. We have 12 districts in our county of 250,000 people. There are 12 school board members, one school board member per district. There are two county commissioners per district. Our county's uh, rate of growth for the last 10 years has been somewhere in the neighborhood of 35.5% growth. Uh, which for the last 20 years, that number, we have led the state in percentage of new people moving in uh, into our community. The processes for a county commission uh, is made up of uh, the men and women that serve, that win the election, and by the way, thanks to all of these men and women for running and putting their name on the ballot, and I know their hard work uh, will pay off for them. When it comes to dollars and cents, a lot of people ask, 
can you do this and can you do that? The county commission's charge is to approve the budget, which does include the schools. The schools make up 65 plus, just a little over 65% of the total operating side of the budget that we have. Our budget this year is somewhere, in, we'll, we're, we're not quite through with it for this year, but it'll be somewhere around 725 to 750 million dollars. Our budget includes items from landfill to the sheriff's to the, to the uh, other areas other than school, general operations, um, all the statutory areas that we have, animal control, et cetera, et cetera. And if you put the math to it, if 65% of the budget is going to the schools, then there's a debt side of it too. The debt side of it has to be paid by the county commissioners. It's about 7% of the operating budget that we have, so the rest of the county has to um, run on the 27 to 28% left. I was going to wrap it up with then, and then Sherry Anderson presented me something this after just a few moments ago that I thought um, it was very interesting. Uh, Sherry uh, has been upstairs a long time in the register days. Prior to her, it was uh, Sadie Wade. But we had the single largest transaction this afternoon per Sherry. Uh, largest she's seen in 35 years of a company that bought uh, a location here and the amount of money for that this is kind of indicative of what's moving now, not like this all the time but it's indicative of who's moving in here 145 million dollars for a piece of property here in our county the interesting thing about this and Sherry's quick to point this out to me when you register a piece of property, you have to register it. The state gets a certain percentage of that money, and the county gets a certain percent. For them to have it registered in our county on the second floor was 53 million, excuse me, $536,540. That's just to register the deed, and out of that amount of money, we get around 12,000. The rest of it goes to the state. So we're always in negotiations with the state they get too much and we need more to operate our county so yeah we're working on that right now <laughs> yeah we are did i cover everything you wanted me to richard it's all yours then wherever you are well we're going to introduce the candidates and i'm just going to start left to right we first we have Miss Lisa Lennox, she's from District 1, candidate from District 1. From District 10, we have Bradley Diaz, we have Megan Guffey, and we have Mr. David Landrum. Over here, we've got Sean Aiello, uh, I'm sorry, District 11, Sean Aiello, Brian Bethard, and Wayne Garrett. He said he goes by Wayne, not Charles, so that's what I'll call you all night. <laughs> all right. I'm going to read you the rules for the candidates in the audience, and we're going to start with the audience first. We try to remain courteous through everything. So the rules for the audience are, please be courteous to all candidates. Hold your applause till the end of the forum. And no outbursts or talking while the candidates are speaking. Try to be courteous through the whole thing. We don't have to be like the rest of the country. <laughs> for the candidates, 
All the candidates will have an opportunity for a short one-minute introduction prior to the question-answer portion. During the question-answer section, each candidate will have one minute to answer questions asked by the panel. Rebuttals will not be allowed unless a candidate is mentioned by name by another candidate in their answer. If allowed, the rebuttal will only be 30 seconds. Each candidate will be given a two-minute closing statement. During the forum, candidates will not be allowed to interrupt one another. However, I may need to interrupt if a response exceeds the allotted time. I will have two cards. When you see the white card, that means you have 10 seconds left. When the red card comes up, you need to cut your answer off. Okay? I think that covers it pretty good. <clears throat> and I'm going to go in no specific order. Uh, I'll just pick somebody and start, and we'll just make a round robin of everything. All right, so we're going to start on this side. We're going to start with Mr. Wayne Garrett. You have one minute. Hello, my name is Wayne Garrett. Thank you for allowing me to participate tonight. <clears throat> I've been married to my wife, Vi, for 50 years. We have three great sons, three wonderful daughters-in-law, and 10 wonderful grandchildren, all that live here in Williamson County. <clears throat> I'm an Air Force veteran. I was a CPA and a certified internal auditor before retiring from AT&T in 2018. <clears throat> I am mostly self-funded, but I'm thankful for the donations from family, friends, and individual supporters. I have never held public office. My reason for running is to be a Christian conservative voice that amplifies faith, family, and constitutional freedoms. My platform is simple, keep government limited and, and accountable, help safeguard our children from the harmful impacts of social indoctrination, competitive pay for county employees, a state-of-the-art voting system, and lowering our debt. Status quo can be the main foe to healthy change. I will be focused on what is best for Williamson County. Thank you. Okay. I will ask y'all to try to look up while you're talking. Uh, Brian Bethard next. All right. Thank you, Richard. Uh, and thank you to Sherry Anderson and Cheryl Brown and uh, Debbie Ballard. Also, thank you to Tom Lawrence from WAKM and Derby Jones from The Herald. Uh, my name is Brian Bethard. I've been a county commissioner for 12 years. Um, I'm proud of what this commission has done uh, before I got there and during the time uh, my tenure there. Uh, Williamson County is a great place to live, and it doesn't happen by accident. And it doesn't happen because just the county commission. It happens because of the people, uh, the directors of each of our uh, various uh, committees that we have, uh, our department heads. They all work together, and they always have. And I believe as long as that's the case, we'll continue to live in a very prosperous county. Um, I'm running for my fourth term, and I'm running on the, the basically the platform of continuing what we've done and continue to make Williamson County a great place for families and businesses alike. Thank you, Mr. Bethard. Sean Aiello. First of all, thank you to Sherry, uh, Cheryl, Debbie, Tom, Derby, uh, Richard, and the Republican Party for hosting tonight. Um, I'm glad to be here. Thank you also to the residents of District 11 uh, who elected me to serve these past four years and now present me with the opportunity to do so again for another four-year term. I was born and grew up in this county. I attended school and graduated from its public schools. I met my wife and got married in this county. And I live, work, and go to church in this county. My family members have been educators, Boy Scout leaders, judges, lawyers, 
librarians, church, and civic leaders in this county since the 1800s. As I sit here tonight, I'm honored to now be counted among those who came before me and those in my family that are still laboring to make this county the great place that it is. And I am grateful for the opportunity to again ask for the support of my fellow District 11 residents and representing them during the next legislative term. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. We'll move to Mr. David Landrum next. Okay. Thank you so much, Debbie, Sherry, um, Tom, Cheryl, Tom, writing, <laughs> Tom, Derby, Richard. Thank y'all for having us tonight. I'm David Landrum. I've been here since 1982. I'm semi-retired small business owner with various businesses. I graduated the University of West Georgia College. It was West Georgia where I went, now the university. And uh, fun fact of that is, so if anything I mess up and say, Newt Gingrich was my history teacher. <laughs> Not my political science, my history teacher. So learned a lot from him. I've been married to Carla Landrum for 34 years. She's from Chippewa, Mississippi originally. Our daughter Carla. Daughter Lindsay is 28. She's an old Miss graduate, born right here in Williamson Medical, which I'm extremely proud to sit on the Board of Trustees of Williamson Medical Center. And I'm excited to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity for us to voice how we feel. It, it's a special place, and we want to keep it that way. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Landon. We'll, meet, we'll move to Megan Guffey. Thank you, Richard, and thank you, everybody. I echo the thanks to you all. I'm Megan Guffey. I'm the District 10 County Commissioner. I was appointed to fulfill the term uh, back in May, and this is my first campaign election. I was raised in Williamson County. I'm a graduate of Centennial High School, class of 2000. Uh, my husband, Johnny, my daughter, Elise, and I live in Fieldstone Farms, and our two oldest girls, my stepdaughters, both graduated from Franklin High School. Um, <clears throat> we're active members of Franklin First United Methodist Church. I serve in the children's ministry as well as on the finance committee. I'm an officer of the Franklin Noon Rotary Club. I'm on the rodeo committee and um, also uh, proud to be a part of Youth Leadership Franklin and co-leader of a Girl Scout Daisy Troop. So I have strong family values. I have a heart for service. I have a passion for this community that I grew up in and that I'm raising a family in, and I want to continue the ability to lead and serve in my home community. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Mr. Bradley Diaz. I would also like to say thank you all very much for putting this together, the entire GOP and all of our moderators and MCs helping us out with the questions and everything. Um, my name is Bradley Diaz, and I'm running for County Commissioner, District 10. And uh, I've been married to the love of my life, Lisa, 21 years, as of yesterday. She's sitting right over there. Uh, we have four incredible kids. And uh, we moved to Franklin just about five years ago, and we, lived in, we live in Founders Point now. Uh, my family and I attend Cross Point Church in Franklin. And I, I have worked in the construction industry, specifically roofing and waterproofing, for about the last 17 years. And uh, I've never held or pursued any kind of public office ever before. And uh, the main reason for that is because I felt like everything was being done. And the last couple of years, I, I felt, the, you know, as a concerned citizen, that I, I need, needed to step up and get, get on the board and try and do things that I can do. Um, I want to be your conservative voice on the Board of Commissioners, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Diaz. Mr. Lisa Lennox. Hi, uh, David. I'm also a West Georgia alum. Rock on. Um, I'm Lisa Lennox, and I am running for County Commissioner in District 1. 
Um, I am excited to be taking on this endeavor. Never run for office before. I am a conservative Christian and looking to be a public servant to the people of District 1 and the County of Williamson. Uh, my husband and I live and own a business in District 1 in the Boston community and prior to moving to Williamson County I am a Georgia native. I lived in Atlanta area and was a, a vice president of HR and had a career of 26 years in human resources. I now run our 94 year old country store. So I have a vested interest in District 1 and I love my community. I cannot tell you how much of a blessing it has been to move here. My stress level is way lower because I'm doing something I love and I have a passion for helping and serving people. And I look forward to gaining the vote of all the citizens of District 1 and serving them and their needs and I'm excited to be here. Thank you to our host as well and moderators. Thank you, Ms. Lennox. And, uh, uh, something I forgot to tell all the candidates up there. I'll give you the piece of advice my dad gave me when I ran for office. And that's what he told me, son, you're, you're in politics now. There's only one person you can believe. That's the person that looks you straight in the face and says, I'll never vote for you. <laughs> Everything else is up for grabs. And on that note, we're going to move over to uh, start our questions, and we're going to start with Mr. Tom Lawrence. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, Jimmy Gentry died today. Uh, died last night. Uh, he has uh, he has had a, an incredible impact on this community for 96 years. Uh, he is just the latest member of the greatest generation that uh, uh, that is passing from us right now. And uh, he was a uh, uh, he was, number one. He was a coach, and he was an incredible teacher. One thing he taught me is that you don't ask the right questions. So just be specific. So tonight, pardon my specificity. I want to know if you know the difference between Williamson families and Moms for Liberty. And I'd like to know your relationship with those organizations. We'll start with Mr. David Landrum. Oh, thank you, Tom. <laughs> uh, I really don't know a lot about the two organizations. I do know the school board has been under a lot of scrutiny, and I understand that. And that's part of what our job is, to be sure we maintain the education, the great education we have here. And that's the important part. Uh, I do have some endorsements. They're not from maybe one of those groups, but uh, I'm proud to say I got Charles Sargent's legacy endorsement yesterday and very proud of that. And uh, just try to really work with the leadership of this county and continue what we're doing so good. Thank you. We'll move to Megan Guffey. Um, thanks, Tom. So I don't know a specific difference between Williamson Families, which is a political action committee, um, from what I do know, or Moms for Liberty, except for Moms for Liberty is not the political action committee. Um, I don't have any affiliation with either group. Um, I'm aware of them simply via this campaign. And um, I also, was the proud recipient of an endorsement from the Sargent Legacy Fund yesterday and proud to, proud to announce that. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Mr. Bradley Diaz. 
Yes, sir. Uh, from what I understand, Moms for Liberty is, just like Megan said, is not a political action committee. Um, it was formed, I want to say Florida, back a couple of years ago um, during COVID, I believe, uh, mainly for, you know, not having to wear a mask or not, schools not being able to mandate to wear a mask. Um, and whereas, you know, Moms for Liberty here, local chapter that was opened, um, I don't know exactly when that was done. I want to say it was last year at some time. Uh, as far as Williamson Families, that is definitely a political action committee, and uh, I have been endorsed by them. Um, as far as that's my affiliation, I have no affiliation with uh, Moms for Liberty. However, I will say that uh, one thing about Williamson Families that I'm, you know, very impressed by is that they were the only uh, political action committee or group that actually invited me to sit down and discuss what's important to me, why I was running, you know, basically, you know, kind of, put it all out there. And uh, they did a, a good job vetting me to make sure that I was the, you know, said who, said who I, I was who I said I was. Thank you. Ms. Lisa Lennox. Hi. Um, yes, my understanding, Moms for Liberty, is an active group um, that started, as um, Bradley just said, in Florida. And we do have a very active chapter here in Williamson County. Um, they have been very actively involved in school board meetings trying to uh, uncover some of the inappropriate things that are in our library, et cetera. Uh, Williamson Families is a political action group, and yes, I am endorsed, and I'm proud to say I'm endorsed by Williamson Families. I'm a Christian, I'm a conservative, and uh, they did put us through a very detailed vetting process, and they, again, also wanted to know who I am and what I stood for as far as my values and my principles, and I stand firm on that. Um, you know, and I am the person that will stand on my own um, convictions. Um, and I have not, to date, taken um, uh, any money from them, but I am endorsed, and I'm proud to say I'm endorsed. Thank you, Ms. Lisa. We'll go to Wayne Garrett. So, yeah, the, the Moms for Liberty, I think, um, from what I know and understand of them, is they've been very involved in uh, school board-type issues, uh, whether it's curriculum or uh, unnecessary masking, that kind of thing. <clears throat> The Williamson families, I am endorsed by them proudly. Um, uh, as has been mentioned, you, they, you, we sat down and had some very uh, earnest conversations about who I am and what I stand for. And I think the, the, the people that make up the pack in terms of the leadership are very family-oriented, God-oriented people that I'm proud to be associated with. Thank you, Wayne. Brian Bethard. Thank you, Richard. Like the other incumbents, I don't know a whole lot about those organizations. I uh, believe the Williamson Families is the political action committee arm of Moms for Liberty. Uh, I've been told it's the same leadership, um, same individuals. Unlike uh, some of the non-incumbents, they did not vet me. They never called me. They never reached out to me. And I believe that's the case with the other incumbents, which is kind of sad. It, it, um, I do, I also am a Christian conservative with family values, so I wish I'd had the chance to have had coffee with some of the leadership from those two organizations. They seem to have gone straight to tribalism and went straight to uh, the other side is bad and we're the only good side. Um, and, it, and it has created a crossroads for this election that I think will be what the voters will need to decide between uh, the way Williamson County has been run uh, or those that wish to make some pretty major changes. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Sean Aiello. Uh, I have to admit, I, I don't know much about the inner workings, uh, but from a layman's perspective, it appears to be hand in glove between Williamson families and Moms for Liberty. 
Um, I have no affiliation with either group, uh, was not vetted, was not contacted to echo uh, Mr. Bethard. Um, but I, I do have some concerns about this in-depth vetting process as a lawyer in that it resulted in the endorsement of a lawyer for judge for juvenile court that has since been convicted of a felony. Um, I don't know about this vetting process or what went into it, um, but to me that causes me concern as a voting individual who does vote in judicial elections. Thank you, Sean. We'll move to uh, Derby Jones. Tom, why'd you jump right in there? Um, during this process, the Herald has partnered with uh, WAKM and, and election profiles. It was interesting, a lot of the candidates, I couldn't tell even by reading their answers that if they were running for school board or they're running for county commission. So in your opinion, your opinion of this job, what is your number one responsibility as a county commissioner? And I don't know who I'm asking first, but all right. we're going to start that with Ms. Lisa Lennox. All right. Thank you for the question, Derby. Um, the school board obviously has a very distinct role. I like to be able to see you, Derby. A very distinct role of... Um, overseeing the daily operations of the school board and I mean of the schools and the education system so there that is a distinctly unique role than the county commissioner the county commissioner's role is to oversee the budget and make decisions that are related to the county budgets from schools to roads to all the other things that make the county go around so whereas we do and there I think it would be great to have a close partnership with our school board members because obviously we represent our district. Uh, we should partner on that. We don't have, uh, county commissioners don't oversee the day-to-day -day operations of the schools, but we do have an influence over the county uh, budgets and how we fund those schools. So it's, I think it's very important to have that partnership so we know if they need additional funding, uh, what that's for and how I can partner with my school board member in my district to uh, make that happen and also understand the needs of the greater county. Thank you. Mr. Bradley, the yes. Absolutely. Uh, so to restate the question, thank you for it. Um, uh, the number one responsibility is for a com county commissioner. Um, and to me, it's basically, you know, they're really in charge of the budget. So balancing the budget, making sure that we minimize how much we spend, doing everything that we have to, you know, we're responsible for that the mayor just talked about when we first started off. So for me, it is a uh, budget. That's the main responsibility. Thank you. Thank you, Bradley. Ms. Megan Guffey. Yep, I would echo that. Um, the budget is the main concern of the county commission. Um, we do have, in our history as Williamson County, we've had many leaders, um, very incredible leaders, that have put a focus on how much of the county budget they want to be allocated toward the schools, and they put a focus on the prioritizing of our schools in our community. And currently, 65% of our county's budget is allocated toward Williamson County Schools. Um, I think it's important for us to be fiscally conservative, to continue that great work of those leaders that came before us. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Mr. David Landrum. I've been on the county commission now for seven years. And our biggest job is to look after the budget. I'm fiscally conservative. I'm Christian, I go to uh, Franklin First United Methodist Church, and those things are important. But right, the funding and the budget come into place. We're almost a $750 million budget in our county. That's a heck of a responsibility. 
and 65 plus percent goes to schools. So you're talking about judicial, law enforcement, parks and rec. I can go down the line that we really have to work this money through. And I think the commission does a really good job of understanding we've got a great leader, Mayor Anderson, and the rest of the group. And uh, I'm proud to be part of that. But funding is our number one challenge, and I think we're doing a good job with it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Landrum. Sean Aiello. Look, money is at the undercurrent of everything the county commission does. It should also be a consideration of what the school board looks at. Uh, but frankly, the most important role of our county government is public safety. Um, our government funds the sheriff's department, the schools, our judges, our courts, our jails, and making sure that those, um, and, and EMS, uh, making sure that those entities are fully funded, that they're able to carry out their duty for the court um, or through any sort of point of contact that the public has with these very important um, first responders is paramount to what our role in the county is. Thank you, Sean. Brian Bethard. Thank you, and I want to thank Derby for the question because I, too, have read a lot of the push cards, and it is sometimes difficult to know if the candidate's running on school issues or county issues. Uh, the schools is a part, a large part, of what the county commission does. We're basically, not basically, we are the legislative body of the county, uh, and keeping a controlled and balanced budget is our probably our greatest task. Um, one little piece of trivia that I always have found interesting, Tennessee is one of only four states in the United States in which the county commission does control the school board's budget. Uh, one of them is Hawaii, and I never can remember what the other two are. Uh, but where I come from in Texas and in most states, the school board is their own uh, tax authority. One thing that makes it a little more confusing in our community is there are some special school districts throughout the county, throughout the state of Tennessee, 19 or left, and one of those exists in Williamson County. They are their own taxing authority. So I get where it gets confusing, and I think questions like Derby can help to parse out that confusion. Thank you, Brian. Wayne Garrett. Um, yeah, so the um, primary responsibility from a commissioner standpoint, I guess, is the budget, as has been mentioned a couple of times. <clears throat> Setting the property tax rate is another one. Filling vacancies is another one when there's an elected office that's vacated. And I think, as Brian was alluding to, we're the only body, or the commission is the only body that can actually approve debt for the county. Uh, <clears throat> I would raise my hand and say I am certainly guilty of putting information out on my um, push cards and, and any articles I've responded to. And you'll hear me say it tonight. Uh, as a commissioner, I have certain responsibilities. But as a taxpayer and resident, there are things on my heart, and you'll hear me talk about those regardless of whether it's campaigning or whether it's uh, in this forum. Thank you, Mr. Garrett. The, will Ms. Annika be, be asking questions? Or? Okay. Tom, next question. Uh, let's play what if. Uh, a part of this what if, and I'm sorry, Chairman Brown, I should have consulted with you and, and warned you this was, this was coming. What if you get elected? And what if uh, there is a controversial issue before the county commission? Now, 99% of the time it has to do with money. I understand that, but sometimes it doesn't. What if you get a call from the county's Republican chairman saying, you know, it'd be nice if you voted this way, 
Now, you can tell what a person will do by what they have done. Cheryl Brown has, to my knowledge, never done that. <laughs> no. But Cheryl Brown may not be the party chairman by the end of your next term. Uh, what say you? How would you treat that call? And it's not only the party chairman. It's by perhaps a person that has supported you or an organization that has supported you. What kind of access do those people have? We're going to start with Sean Aiello. Well, thank you for the question. I, I think my first response would be, uh, Cheryl, as a current legal counsel for the Republican Party, you shouldn't be having this conversation with me. That's right. Uh, but no, I, I do appreciate the seriousness of the question. Um, I think that it's always important to have community input on hot button issues. But if those conversations come with strings or if money comes with strings, then you shouldn't be in public office. Appreciate their input, um, but it doesn't dictate how you vote. And frankly, if you're concerned about where you're going to be in four years from now, will I have the same office? You probably don't need it either. Thank you, Sean. We'll go to Wayne Garrett. Um, so I think um, I made it a point in my opening to say that uh, I am primarily self-funded, although you know, I do have some contributions from other people. Uh, Williamson Families is not supporting me financially uh, through donations and that kind of thing. So uh, also just from the standpoint of uh, owing anybody anything, you know, I won't go into office if elected owing anybody anything. And it'll be my job and my goal and my responsibility to respond to any issue based on what's best for this county. And that's, those are my ethics and that's how I will respond. Thank you, Wayne. Brian Beathard. Thank you, yes, and thank you for the question. I've, I've experienced both, one with the party and one with a, a supporter, um, where I did feel it necessary to go with what I thought was best for the district and all the constituents. And it wasn't an easy decision. Uh, and again, in one case, it was the party asking us to do uh, a certain uh, vote. In another case, it was uh, one of my supporters. And again, it wasn't easy, but uh, the right decision isn't always easy isn't always the easiest path to take. Um, I still believe I made the right decision and to answer your question more fully, uh, I would continue to do what's best for all the constituents in the 11th district and all the citizens of Williamson County. Thank you, Brian. We're going to go to... That was not us. That was not from this part. <laughs> it was a different... I, I don't have to... Do I need to call you about speaking out? <laughs> many, okay, many years ago, not on my yes, turn. <laughs> Megan Guffey will be next. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> well, um, I am actually lucky enough to uh, have Cheryl's family in District 10. Um, so she is a constituent. And um, I would certainly listen to her concerns in the same way that I would listen to any of the concerns of my constituents in District 10. Um, I believe in listening. I believe in hearing um, lots of opinions, different sides of every issue. Um, it's when you when you collaborate, when you listen to others, that you can really make your decisions with a discerning heart. And I would continue to do that. I don't vote based on any strings attached. I don't accept donations to my campaign with any strings attached. And I would not do that in the future. Thank you. Bradley, yes. 
Yes, thank you. It is a great question because um, I think regardless of political position, but specifically to this one, um, how would I treat that call? I would accept it 100% regardless of who it was because transparency is vital to me. Um, it doesn't matter who's calling and what they're asking. It doesn't mean I'm going to make my decision based off of who they are. And uh, I can tell you I definitely won't kind of echo what uh, Brian had said that, you know, making the right decision is definitely not always the easy one. It's usually hard, especially when you're between a rock and a hard place. But uh, there's only one way to go when you're in a situation like that, and that's to trust your heart and to do what you, uh, you know is right. And uh, that's exactly what I would do. Thank you. Thank you, Bradley. Mr. David Landrum. Yes. Um, in my seven years, I've had a couple of tough votes that I've had to take upon myself. I've never had a lot of outreach except from constituents asking me, what do you think of this? I've never had anybody push me. Those people that know me know that won't work. I mean, it just doesn't. Uh, I stand alone here with my constituents. We listen. We've got great directors. We make the best decisions we can. That's what I'll always do. And be honest with you, I wouldn't appreciate those calls. I just have to be very honest. And thank goodness, I don't think I really had any that I did. Yeah, I appreciate everybody's call, but if they get with strings attached, I'm out. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Landrum. I'm sorry. Ms. Lisa Lennox. Yes, hi. I, I can echo a lot of the same sentiments. Um, being in human resources for 26 years, you have a lot of people from top and down. I've been in union, non-union environments that call you with requests, and you do understand sometimes that they want you to lean a certain way. And so I've, I've had a career of having to um, make decisions, and I welcome the information. I, I, want to pe I want people to call me. Now, I, again, echo, I don't take money or donations from, and I do have a lot of donations from constituents in my district um, and outside my district. I don't take donations with strings, and I will make a decision based on the information I have um, and I've had to do that again my whole career. And I tell people my, my opinion is subject to change with new information. Sometimes you do get new information that does make a, an impact. But at the end of the day, my role is very clear as a county commissioner, and I make those decisions accordingly. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, Lisa. Sure. And we'll go to Derby Jones. All right. The county should end the the 2022 fiscal year with approximately $935,440,000 in total debt and $797,000,000, it's so much money I can't even say it, uh, $797,025,000 in net debt. Really the, the, the word is being thrown around in the, in the political world out there is nearly $1 billion in debt, which is what the county's in. Uh, during our interviews, we know that the, the challengers have been throwing that as uh, a lot of um, reason why they're running um, and the incumbents are kind of taking the shots on answering the questions on what that debt is. Um, so the question is, um, and answered differently by incumbents and challengers, obviously, but um, we've amassed almost a million dollars. How do you plan to address it? That's a lot of questions for just a simple question. How do you plan to address the one million, one billion dollars in debt? We're we'll going to start with Megan Guffey. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Derby. So um, the nearly $1 billion in debt um, is 
a product of the focus that we have uh, on funding our schools. We have, there is a state mandate that our county is responsible for building the schools to educate the students in our community, in our county. Um, as everyone knows, and as Rogers so clearly mentioned, 35% growth year over year means that we have had to build a lot of schools. And I think the most important thing for the county to remember is that we do have our AAA bond rating, which allows us to borrow money at the lowest rate. We borrow for the shortest term, and then we repay within the term. We also build schools that far exceed the term on the loan, and we will have to continue to do that as long as the state mandates us to build schools. I think that we, thank you. Thank you, Megan. David Landrum. Yes, um, Megan made a good point. A lot of people don't realize this, but we are now currently building our 52nd Williamson County School here. 52 schools that we operate now. And when we look at where we currently are, and I did some homework on this, the county currently has a tax base estimated to be almost $63 billion. We have lowered our property tax rate. When I first came on, it was 2.61, then it went to 2.16. Now it's at 1.88 <coughs> is your property tax. So we've reduced our property taxes. And it's really important that we pay attention to this money, but we do repay it. Uh, you hear a lot of stories about we're borrowing too much money, but we can do it with a AAA bond rating. We do it for the shortest time we possibly can. We, our life expectancy of that school is much longer than the time we borrow the money. And we've always paid it back, and we have kept our AAA rating all the way through, and it's always looked at very hard. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. David. Thank you. Bradley Diaz. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I think that uh, the easiest way to tackle it is to address it head on. Um, there's really no replacing responsible spending with responsible borrowing. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's you know something that doesn't necessarily need to be done because as they both said that uh, you know when you have more kids than your school can hold you know your really only option is to build another school um, and those things do not come cheap and it's only getting more and more expensive as someone who's in the construction industry I can tell you that the costs have skyrocketed so I completely understand all that however I think it's more than just uh, you know the schools uh, needing new schools, I think we need to take a, a magnifying glass to the budget, go through it, and see what, what can be re removed and what can be reduced. And I think that's, uh, like I said, one step at a time. You just take it head on. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Ms. Lisa Lennox. Yes, I echo a lot of what these two uh, individuals, or these three said. The budget, I do think could uh, we could take a little closer look at um, some of the ancillary items outside of the schools. As Bradley just said, and the other two individuals, uh, when you're growing, you do have to look at building more schools. I grew up in a county in, in North Atlanta. We grew exponentially, and we were always trying to catch up with the growth, not only with schools, but with roads. So what can we do to look at what's currently in the budget, and how could we either reallocate funds or look at some of the things that we're purchasing and with a little bit of more discernment and say, do we really need that right now? Is that the focus of really managing the growth? Um, you know, certainly when I uh, get onto the commission, that is one thing I will want to dive deep into is to look closer at the details of the budget and um, see if there's any way we could um, take a finer look at that. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. We'll go with Mr. Brian Beathard. 
and I wish I had more than a minute because this is a one that you have to delve into a little deeper <clears throat> and I have a teacher's heart and I want people to understand that you know the AAA bond rating that we have is based on looking at our debt and those ratings are not given out easily there's only two counties in the state of Tennessee that hold it we're one of them and we've held it for 12 years with that AAA bond rating, our debt is at an interest rate that is, in many of our bonds, less than 1%. That's not free money, but it's pretty close. And as many have said, we use it for brick and mortar for schools where we have to build schools to sustain our growth. One easier way to tackle it, and I know Steve Smith did this at the last uh, forum, and I thought it was uh, very well done. It's hard for me to get my head around a billion dollars. It's also hard for me to get my head around $65 billion, which are the assets that that debt is collateralized against. If you remove five zeros from each number, it would be the equivalent of somebody owning a $650,000 house and only having $10,000 left on that mortgage uh, before they could say they own it outright. Thank you. Wayne Garrett. So having debt is, uh, you know, is one way of... Um, dealing with large needs from a capital perspective, but <clears throat> I think more importantly is how do you service debt? Um, and if, if I've looked at the budget numbers correctly, we're spending 70 to $80 million a year for principal and interest payments. Um, <clears throat> again, if I've got my numbers straight there, that would be a little more than 10% of our annual budget that we'd be spending on servicing debt. Um, one of the best practices in Maintaining a AAA bond is that you keep your debt service principal and interest below 10%. So I think we maybe are riding above that at this point if my numbers are correct. Also, when you look at the AAA bond rating comments, one of the things that you can do that can cause you to lose your AAA bond rating is um, <clears throat> to incur too much debt and to build up too much debt. So I think we need to look at it from the standpoint of being able to service the debt. Thank you. Sean. Thank you. Uh, so I've only been on the commission three years, um, so it'd be pretty impressive for me to have run up a billion dollars worth of debt in three years, but I'll wear that albatross uh, for today's meeting. Of that debt, 591326000 is solely related to schools, school construction. 237404000 is county. The rest, the 145-370, is self-supporting debt. That means that the county taxpayers are not paying that debt service. That is being paid either from hospital profits or other revenue-generating assets that have incurred that debt. Um, it's been mentioned tonight uh, that, you know, once I get into office, I'll check the budget. We'll go through a fine-tooth comb to get through the operating. Um, but I have to say, I'm on the budget committee this year. We've had six open meetings, and I've not seen Mr. Garrett, Ms. Lennox, or Mr. Diaz at any of those meetings. Thank you. Uh, oh, I believe it's Tom's turn again. A personal question. Uh, what uh, would you pay the county trustee for property taxes last year? Williamson County property taxes last year. If you want to say it's none of your business, that's fine. I won't take offense. But <laughs> I, I'm just interested to compare. We're going to start with Brian Bethard. I'm inclined to say it's none of your business. Uh, but um, I will say this to that question. Uh, our taxes uh, within Williamson County, our tax rate, is lower than the average of all counties 
in this state, and this state pays the fourth, large, fourth lowest taxes in the nation. There are rural counties in Tennessee in which the tax rate is higher than our county, and those counties aren't known for great schools, great parks. Um, we do that by, in part, and I want to bring this back around the deck because in part I wanted to spend more time on that. Uh, there's three basic buckets you have to play with in government. Stuff, that's your schools, your parks, your roads, your sheriff's department, etc. Taxes and debt. In this county, because we get such a low interest rate, we have chosen to go towards that debt. Um, that keeps our taxes low, so whatever and however the individuals that surround me today answer that question, I guarantee you it's lower than it would be uh, in most places in the United States and lower than most counties in Tennessee. Sean? Uh, we spent about 2300 this year on property taxes. It went up from the last go-around uh, because during this last appraisal process, uh, we built an addition on our house. Just like the county has taken out debt to expand its infrastructure, we have taken out a HELOC on our house to fund the expansion of our house. Since that expansion is now done, we are paying down that debt. Once the county stops growing, the need to take out debt to build infrastructure will also stop. Then our payments can increase, we'll pay down that debt service, but I can tell you, you've all seen the projections, that growth is not stopping anytime soon. I can pretty much guarantee you we'll be over a billion dollars in the next six months. It's just going to happen because our growth is continuing. <coughs> Thank you. Wayne? So um, <clears throat> I think, Tom, around 2300 maybe, something in that range. Um, but also pivoting back to the debt question in general, um, I, I think we have to be careful about uh, putting on too much debt because that is a red flag for AAA bond ratings. And I think we have to be careful about how we service that debt. Again, if I've looked at the numbers correctly, we collect maybe 30 million, 35 million in impact fees and privilege tax fees and, and that kind of thing. So <clears throat> we have to be sure that the money that we have available to service debt will keep up with the debt. We have about um, 550 million outstanding with another 450 million planned in the five-year capital plan. And we have to be sure we're looking at our ability to service that debt. Ms. Lisa Lennox. Yes. Um, so um, technically it isn't none of your business, but well, hey, uh, we, were, we paid just under 3000 uh, And uh, that did go up sharply last year for us. Um, you know, I'll echo what Wayne was just saying is that from a debt standpoint, we need to be mindful of the purchases we're making, not just on the things that we have to spend money on, which is the growth. I mean, that's inevitable. But we also have to look at what are the purchases that we don't have to make and why are we making them? And as a county, we are here to govern and run the business of the county as commissioners, not run businesses and purchase businesses to run. That is not in our area of expertise. So I think there is a discussions that can be had about some of uh, the spending. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say in a perfect world I could have all the answers because I don't. But I do think that there can be more discernment and uh, I think there's, you know, there can be another look at how are we spending it on non-essential um, purchases. Thank you. Bradley Diaz. Absolutely. Um, I think that uh, as far as the, the, the question, the dollar amount, I'd say it's uh, you know, somewhere between two and 3,000, because I don't want to give a specific answer. Um, but basically, 
I think kind of like what you know um, Lisa was just saying the, the decisions that you make when it comes to building things uh, like the new schools we don't necessarily have to have the most expensive school that is being built um, we can certainly you know look at different options when it comes to those things and I think that's uh, something that certainly should be done if it isn't already being done um, and it's just kind of like what Lisa was saying that uh, you know you just have to look like I said before responsible borrowing is never as good as responsible spending. Megan Guffey. Thank you. Well, I didn't come prepared with this financial homework. Um, so I will also um, pass on the question and say, you know, in general, um, you know, the amount that we paid did increase because our appraisal went up. Um, our property tax uh, rate is much lower. Um, and we appreciate that. We appreciate living in a place that keeps property taxes low. Um, I have had lots of conversations with people who have moved here recently who are um, thrilled with the lower property taxes. I've even had conversations with a few who uh, asked, us, asked me how the commission could raise the property tax um, to fund additional things that they wanted. So it has been um, an interesting conversation, but I'm really proud of the level that our county has and the economic development and the growth that it has allowed in our community. Thanks. David Landrum. As I spoke to earlier, we've got a low property tax rate that we've lowered here on the commission is to 1.88. So to answer your question, I'm not exactly sure. We own two or three properties here, and my wife could tell you, probably better than I could, but I know that's the rate we pay. Our reappraisals did go up, but at the same time, property tax stayed, in my feeling, in a very good rate, and I thought it was very fair for what we have. And when you look at a current tax base estimated to be $62 billion, you know, 1.88 sounds pretty good to me. Thank you, David. And we'll go to, I believe it's Derby Star. Yeah, I'm still uh, interested in some of this debt questions. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of the reasons for the debt I've been talking about is schools. Uh, Williamson County does have additional borrowing plans over the next five years, which will enhance the juvenile court systems. The, juvenile, the judicial system and the sheriff's offices and jail needs. Is this something that you will vote for as a county commissioner? We're going to start with Bradley Diaz. So I'm glad you started with me because I was reading one of my notes at the very beginning of that question, so I have to apologize. Can you please repeat your question? Williamson County does have additional borrowing plans over the next five years, which will enhance the juvenile court systems, the, the judicial system, and the sheriff's offices and jail needs. Uh, obviously, there's probably going to be schools as well. But specifically to these that I mentioned, juvenile court system, judicial system, sheriff's offices and jail needs, would you vote to enhance these as a county commissioner? Um, on the surface, I would say yes. I would like to look at the details before I, you know, made a, a firm decision, but I think that's absolutely something that's important and necessary. So, yes. Megan Guffey. Yes, I also um, fully support our public safety, um, our justice department, um, departments, our, uh, our department heads in those situations. I would vote to uh, fund and um, 
improve and enhance those facilities. And I'm proud to you know, have worked with many of the department heads in the law enforcement and juvenile justice system to um, make sure that they're fully supported. Thank you. David Landrum. I too will support it. I really feel that it's uh, necessary. If you've been in that judicial room with the juveniles, it's, it's very tight. You can barely get around there. We've got probably the best public safety building that's ever been built. People come from all over the country to look at, look at what we've done there. The jail's got to be taken care of. There's some horror stories there. And yes, I'll support that, but at the same time, we need to look at our budget all the way through and always try to make the best decision prudently and thoughtfully of what we need to be doing. But this is one we're going to have to put forward. Lisa Lennox. Yes, I, I do agree. I think with growth, not only do you have growth in schools, but you do have growth in other areas. So I, from the surface level, absolutely would uh, consider voting yes on that. Again, the devil's in the details. Uh, without seeing the exact numbers of what I would be approving, it's hard for me to just give a blanket yes, but I do agree. I do think uh, there's far more than just those areas you mentioned. I do have a lot of conversations in my little country store down in Boston community with a lot of public uh, responders. Are, um, and I, I hear the stories about salary issues and benefits and being as my heart is um, as a former HR um, executive, I, I do think there's more than just those areas we need to look at. I think we need to look at the salaries. We need to look at, you know, how are we able to attract talent to this county to work in those very important roles as well as teachers to include them as well as in public safety, um, some of those positions. So I think we need to take a, a, a very large look at everything <coughs> in the county because we are growing and that's essential that we know what we need to fund. Thank you. Wayne Garrett. Um, <clears throat> um, so I think I would piggyback off of what David said, being here and being uh, engaged with uh, what the needs are in the county, uh, just from a needs perspective. But again, I go back to um, we have to keep an eye on how much of our budget is going to be dedicated to principal and interest debt retirement. And we're already edging above what that should be from a AAA best practices point of view. So uh, it sounds like the need is there, but whatever the capital need is, we got to keep an eye on how much of our budget we're dedicating to principal and interest because that's not going to be available for any other county need once we make that commitment. Brian Bethard. Uh, the answer is yes, and it comes down to you know wants and needs. And as we grow, all the departments begin to have needs that uh, equate to that growth. But to clarify a point that's been made now, I believe three times, that we may have a debt that's close to uh, causing us to lose our AAA bond rating. Uh, if you go to the Moody's website, uh, which I'm sure uh, uh, all the candidates here have done, look up Williamson County. There's different criteria that our AAA bond rating is based on, ability to pay, collateral on the debt, and there'll be different descriptors, good, great, fair. Under the uh, criteria of ability to take on more debt, uh, the descriptor given to us by Moody's uh, who gave us our AAA bond rating is substantial. Now, I don't want to make this argument a, a he said, she said, because in the end of the day, yeah, being debt free would be better. Uh, lessening our debt is a goal. Uh, but to say the sky is falling is not the case. And as a commissioner, all of us, I believe, are bound and determined to maintain that AAA bond rating. You have my word on that. Sean Ayalo. 
Thank you, Derby. You know, this ties directly to my, my point on, you know, what is the form of the county commission? What's our role? And that's public safety. The uh, Triple J Commission began even before I was elected to office in 2018. We've engaged Gresham Smith, other case studies to do caseload examination of what our county's needs are, not just for the jail, uh, but for juvenile courts, our circuit courts, our general sessions courts. This is not something that's just a whim of a decision of we're going to expand the jail, we're going to expand this or that. This has been studied, supported by statistics, and it's been examined by not only our bond council, but also our in-house accounting firms uh, that do do that sort of analysis. Um, so, yes, I will support it. I will continue to support it. This is something that our county needs. It's been prepared for and is already part of our cap, uh, capital five-year outlook and is already accounted for in what our county can effectively debt service. Thank you, Sean. And we're going to Tom Lawrence again. How about a question that doesn't have anything to do with money? <laughs> uh, well, uh, look, at, uh, look at the county seal up there. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., Williamson County's attorney will appear before the Tennessee Historic Commission and, uh, and move that Williamson County be given the opportunity to change that seal, primarily the northwestern quadrant of that seal. Uh, you see four sections there. One has to do with history. The other one has to do with education. The other has to do with family values. And the other one, agriculture. Um, there is a move to withdraw the Confederate flag from the historic quadrant. Uh, some of you had an opportunity to vote on this issue. Some of you have not. What would you do? We're going to start with Lisa Lennox. Well, I know um, in, in the days and time that we're living in, this is, um, there are some very strong feelings about the Confederate flag. Um, so I can understand that um, from different perspectives, different people have different opinions. Um, I, I, you know, I will say I have heritage going back to the American Revolution. So I respect that my forefathers fought in different wars to have us here today. Now, whether or not they had certain views back in that time, I don't know. But if, if removing that from our seal will help um, move us forward in better discussions about what's important in this county, then I certainly would consider it. And um, I can understand, again, I, I can't say that I understand someone who uh, wants it removed. There are reasons why. But, um, you know, everybody has different life uh, experiences. But I certainly would be willing to listen to different views on that and, um, and agree to have it removed if it is something that's not of a, a value anymore. Bradley Diaz. Absolutely. Uh, great question. For me, it's an absolute no-brainer. Yes, I would vote to have it removed. Um, and the reason was, is, is really quite simple for me. Uh, like I said before, I'm going to answer from the heart, and you're going to get me. I'm not going <coughs> to bend or change because of somebody else's political opinion or personal opinion or whatever. Um, so take it or you know, leave it. That's just kind of the way it is. And the reason why I would vote to have it removed is because there's not a person alive today uh, that was on the battlefield when that flag was flying. There are plenty of people alive today who got beat with that flag flying or had family members that died while the flag was flying. So uh, just like the Nazis ruined the swastika as a symbol of peace in other parts of the world, it is not here and it is not a welcome symbol because of it. So 
things have been done under the banner of that flag that have made it a very, very bad image in America today. So I wouldn't hesitate to vote get rid of it. Megan Guffey. Yeah, I think that um, you know the vote that the commission took um, happened before I was appointed to the commission, so I did not have an opportunity to be a part of that. Um, I think that you know one of the things that the commission did that I um, that I really approved was forming a committee of um, citizens and people who had differing views on that quadrant and allowing them to get together and discuss um, their ideas and their concerns about that. And then they um, voted to move it forward to just request the ability to change. And I think that I would um, also be uh, in favor of allowing that to move forward. Thanks. David Landrum. I was here and I did vote for the committee to study it. We've gotten some recommendations back currently that will go before the historical group as early as this week, uh, next week. And uh, I do think it may be time for a change. I think some of the things, the way it's been displayed to me really remembers it, remembers what happened, but it does take the flag away currently, so I can support that. Sean Aiello. So this question is not something that the commission can examine in a vacuum. Um, as I'm sure most people know, this uh, symbol on our seal is part of a historical remembrance that our state legislature has dictated um, must be put before a historical state historical commission before any changes can be made on the seal. Um, so the vote that took place was to make the ask to the historical commission to remove that portion from the seal. Uh, no matter what happens, I'm sure the decision will be appealed into Davidson County Chancery Court uh, that will ultimately deal with that issue. But I think something that's being lost in this discussion is the importance that history does have in Franklin and Williamson County. Uh, the Battle of Williamson, uh, Franklin was fought in 19, 1864, uh, which is what this symbol was put on the, on the seal to remember. And not <clears> only that, but it's loss in that battle. The flag in this picture is touching the ground. It's a loss. It's supposed to show that that was a, essentially a loss on the battle. Um, so I think, you know, it's important that we continue to support the path that we've, we've taken on this court route, but ultimately it'll be out of our county's hands. Ryan Bethard. I like what Mr. Diaz said, and I'll echo much of that. I liked how succinctly he put it. I'll also kind of use my time to tell you where we're at. This is an answer that's still uh, being investigated, so to speak. As my counterparts, uh, incumbents have said, we first formed a committee of citizens uh, on that committee was included the granddaughter of Miss Bowman who created the seal. Um, they recommended that the commission vote to take it to the state and that's where it's at now. I believe council and this may be more to what Tom's uh, question alludes to is looking at compromises right now with citizenry that may want to uh, alter it with uh, the addition of the American flag over the Confederate flag. I'll give you one other option. Counties do not have to have a seal and many counties don't, and there are some who have said, why don't we just opt to not have a seal? So there's many choices to be had, uh, many things to uh, look at and to decide on, and that's the process that we're going through right now, currently. Wayne Garrett. So it's been mentioned that this has been studied, and <clears throat> it would be interesting to see what those recommendations are. Um, you know, I think it's important to preserve history uh, on the one hand and, and not um, um, remove things that uh, uh, represent that history. But I think more importantly, uh, as you know, current members of, of this community, we need to be diligent about you know, how, we, um, um, how we portray and move forward 
uh, as a society and and um, um, so I think we we make great strides and we have made great strides in this country uh, as a country to overcome problems um, I, uh, and I think we should continue down that road but I also want us to preserve history where it's appropriate thank you Wayne and Lieber Derby Joe oh okay good question Tom Williamson County has been one of the fastest growing counties in the country over the past decade. How will you plan for continued growth of the county? You hear a lot about smart growth. What does smart growth mean to you? In other words, what decisions will you make to ensure the county grows responsibly? We're going to start with Brian Bether. And I, I'm guilty of using that term smart growth. I think it means different things to different people and it can mean different things at different times in our history. Um, I believe this commission has done, has taken great strides uh, with the education impact fee uh, and the recent vote to make uh, property in the, in the county uh, zoned in such a manner that it's one home per five acres instead of one home per one acre. What I think smart growth is going to mean in the future is the commission working with the municipalities that are in our county. They have their own uh, uh, planning commissions, their own building standards. They don't have to follow the one house per five acres. Um, and I think working with them closely so that they understand the impact on the county when a new subdivision comes about uh, that causes us to build new schools, new roads, and like we mentioned before, all the departments have to uh, manage that growth. I think smart growth for the future and what I'm dedicated to is working with the municipalities to make sure we're all on the same page. I think I fell asleep there for a minute. Nothing against you, Mr. Bryan. That's all right. Uh, Wayne Garrett. Um, I want to go back to a previous comment I made. I think I heard myself say billions when I meant to say millions when we were talking about the, the current capital, so just to correct that. But, um, um, you know, the county has a 2040 plan, and, and um, I think it lays out a lot of good information about uh, what growth should be about, you know, and it has municipal growth areas defined in that. and. Um, something called villages and hamlets which would allow something more dense than a five one house for per five acre so i think there's already been a lot of thought given to you know how to do smart growth and i think we use that document and build on it and review it as needed <clears throat> and as brian was saying you know uh, the the uh, commission has also uh, implemented something called a, an impact fee and i think that helps us with our growth and I apologize for the allergies and the throat clearing. Sean Aiello. I think something that gets lost as part of this consideration is how much what the county can and can't do derives from state law and regulations. Uh, for example, the cities can't decide to annex territories um, <coughs> without county approval. So, for example, behind Indian Meadows um, off of Columbia, there was a subdivision that the county did not approve being built. That was subsequently annexed by the city, and now that's being presented to the Planning Commission and being approved on a city level. So for in order for these uh, relationships to change, uh, the handshake deals that we have with the cities are good, and we have a good working relationship, but we don't have a lot of clout. Maybe that takes some talking with the state legislature to change some of these dynamics 
and to give us more tools in our tool chest to better direct growth and better work in tandem with the cities. Because when you build something in a city, they're going to have to use county roads. They're going to have to use state roads. So working together and changing some of those regulations, I think, will go a long way to helping us out. Lisa Lennox. Yes, I, I can um, definitely echo a lot of Sean's sentiments. I've talked to quite a few um, of the constituents in Fairview, and their biggest fear is the growth exploding. And then we have, as they as they um, quote or put it, you know, we will have Spring Hill traffic. So I do think there needs to be some partnerships with municipalities to look at, you know, what are their growth plans and how can we as county commissioners help influence um, maybe having a measured growth and how can we look at things that, you know, when they're looking at putting in or uh, having a developer develop a neighborhood, you know, what, what do they, what have been issues in the past that have caused concerns uh, with infrastructure and how in, can we look forward and have a future plan to be able to avoid some of those mishaps? So, yeah. Megan Guffey. Oh, thank you. Um, I think having uh, strong relationships with um, the County Planning Commission, with our um, with our state legislators, our municipalities is really important um, as I can echo with the rest of the um, candidates here, you know, some of the growth in the cities is impactful. It builds um, our tax base as a county and it allows for those people who are moving in um, to be able to uh, have attainable housing within the cities. In the county, we want to protect the rural aspects of our county and the green space and the, um, I think the urban growth, the land use plans, all of the things that our leaders have worked hard and put together should be followed and can be amended from time to time. But I think it's not necessarily only up to the county commission to make that decision. Bradley Diaz. Bradley Diaz. <laughs> uh, yes, and uh, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I agree with uh, um, what a lot of everybody else is saying is that, uh, you know, the land use plan that we have in place for the county is, is a pretty good one. Uh, the problem is it doesn't have any teeth, and just like y'all said, you have to have communication between the different entities that do make those decisions by putting regulations in place to, uh, to protect what makes Williamson County so beautiful. Um, and it takes those, you know, relationships and being able to reach out and talk with those people and convince them why it's the best idea. David Landrum. Without a doubt, I think growth is our number one concern as we go forward. We all talk about infrastructure. There's so many things infrastructure, infrastructure includes that it's hard to go into all the dimension. But what we do need to do is work closely, and we're very fortunate here to work closely with our state reps and our people, our senators. They are trying to help us. Williamson County is always known to be the wealthiest county in, in the United States almost, and sometimes we're a little shortchanged from the state. We voice that. I think we're six cities, if I'm right. We have got to work with those municipalities and understand the growth. We did put in, and one of the hardest votes I've had since I've been here was the one, acre, one house for five acres, because I'm a real property rights guy. But at the same time, you drive through and see the rural aspect. I went to another county or two lately, and it wasn't as pretty as it used to be. And, but to get to see that, I think it's important. But we've got to have cooperation from state and local and county government. And we're going back to Tom Lawrence. Richard, as a timekeeper, we have time for one more question. One more question. How about a short one? Unincorporated Williamson County is shrinking. Even Brentwood is annexing. 
Uh, does Williamson County effectively partner with municipalities? The municipalities brag, we've got all the infrastructure. Uh, if that were the case, then it seems like we'd just tell the, count of the cities, go to it. Provide the infrastructure for everybody. Uh, is the county effective in working with those municipalities out there? <coughs> We're going to start with Bradley Diaz. Uh, just to repeat your question, so they'll make sure I understand it. Basically, are the, as a county, are we good at negotiating or working with cities as far as them uh, us providing their infrastructure or? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I have to honestly say that um, I'm, I'm not sure because I haven't been in any of those meetings talking with them. So I don't know that uh, we do a great job with that, but I don't know that we do a bad job with that. So I don't know if that answers the question the way you were asking it, but hang on. Megan Guffey. That's an interesting question, Tom. Um, I do think that with um, within the county, um, certainly Mayor Rogers Anderson has um, an excellent relationship with the mayors of um, the municipalities in Williamson County. Um, I know many of my um, uh, fellow commissioners also have great relationships and, and work closely with um, the aldermen or the other councilmen for the um, city municipalities. Uh, as the chair of the Parks and Rec Committee, um, one of the things that you know we talk about is that the municipalities do often partner with the county when it comes to amenities, um, Parks and Rec amenities. And so that's one of the ways that, um, you know, it's not as controversial but it is one way that uh, the cities and the county work together to partner on big projects like splash parks and things that our families um, enjoy. Thanks. David Landrum. I really feel like we do have good communication with them. I feel comfortable that uh, from the time I've been here and being a 40-year resident of Williamson County, that, that watching our people in place Really, they do want to work together. We all know growth is coming so fast. If you're talking about doubling, we're at 250 now, going to be at half a million, you know, very quickly. I think it's so important that we do. I do think we have good communication with them. We do have to stress that we've got to handle the roads. There's so many things we've got to do in this, but one is keep that togetherness, work with the municipalities, and I'm going to throw the state back in because we have to have the state leaders there for us too. Sean Aiello. I think, yes, we have a good relationship with the municipalities, but I think the real subtext question here is what kind of relationship do we have with those individuals building within the municipalities? And what I mean by that is, you know, when we are talking earlier about budget and sources of funding and things of that nature, um, there's a topic that really hasn't been addressed that much, which uh, one of the commissioners, Tom, um, Tom Tunnicliffe, has brought to my attention, which is the adequate facilities tax. Um, we currently tax building on commercial buildings in the unincorporated territories. We also have the ability to do a square footage tax under an adequate facilities tax on buildings being constructed within the municipalities. Um, we haven't looked fully at that yet, um, but that's something that we might need to look at when we're talking about funding infrastructure within the cities and how that relates to our county management. Um, so I do think moving forward, 
when we're having these discussions with the city and having these discussions with companies coming into our county buying $152 million worth of property, that's something that should be looked at. Brian Bethard. Great question, a great last question, because I do think growth is what this body, the commissioners that are elected this year will have to, is the problem that we'll be faced with uh, that is the most concerning. Um, we do have good relationships with the municipalities, uh, but as uh, one of the commissioners up here said, we don't have teeth. And where we have tried in the past to allow those relationships to uh, dictate a, a partnership that would, uh, would give us some ability to uh, curb the growth where the cities, as, as my counterpart Sean Aldo pointed out, where they can go out and annex land without our consent, without even asking us. I think the road to the future now is to look at the state. Um, I'm proud. I've got uh, as my treasurer and endorsing me State Representative Sam Whitson. Uh, we talk a lot about this and how uh, we need to get the state to give county commissions across Tennessee uh, the ability to have some say when municipalities want to go outside their urban uh, growth boundaries um, uh, without asking. Wayne Garrett. So listening to the responses, it sounds like that there's a good working relationship between the commission and the various municipalities. <clears throat> but other comments that have been made as well, uh, you know, we do have a 2040 plan. We do have a master highway plan. Um, but, you know, implementing that and staying on track with that is, is probably the challenge. But I think, again, as, as Sean just mentioned, I, I look at it as, as a cost cause or pays kind of uh, approach. If, if a, a city or an area is, uh, is causing the need for schools and infrastructure, then what are the taxes in those areas that uh, will help us pay for that? Lisa Lennox. Um, I do think it's important to have that partnership because I, I hear about the state roads and the infrastructure that is so important, obviously, when you have growth you have to have the infrastructure and the roads to be able to handle that growth. I do hear about it a lot from my Spring Hill constituents, my Thompson Station, as well as my Fairview. So I, I think that's extremely important to have that strong partnership, not only with the municipality and understanding their needs and what their plans are. I have talked with um, some of the uh, representatives in Thompson Station and, and looked at some of their plans for the future. Um, but I do think it's important. We have to have a collaboration with state, uh, county, and municipalities and look at how can we all partner and have um, a concerted effort collaboration to um, make that happen in a positive way. Thank you. And that concludes our question part. So we are at the two-minute closing statements. Okay, we're going to start with Sean Aiello. All right, well, thank you again uh, for hosting <coughs> us uh, and for allowing me to speak here tonight. Uh, during the past four years, I have chaired the Law Enforcement Committee uh, between 19 or 2019 and 2021 during the height of the pandemic. I have promoted the Triple J Project uh, for a complete overhaul of the jail, sheriff's headquarters, juvenile justice center, and courthouse uh, to be completed within the next five years and beginning the remainder of those projects. Um, I've served on the Eternal Audit and Tax Study Committee, voted for and secured reduced density zoning in the outlying county, fought for City of Franklin adherence to the Vision Franklin Plan, and secured a permanent home for Franktown Open Hearts in District 11. I voted for and will continue to vote for uh, increased pay for educators, law enforcement, and non-director positions on the county government. And I voted against each of the two property tax hikes that have come before the commission, one in 2019 and one in 2021. As a legislative branch of government, 
It is these matters of financial and zoning projects that lay under the auspices of the County Commission and are those that I am proud to support and will continue to support um, should I be elected to the next term of office. Upon re-election, I will continue to advocate for the interest of my fellow District 11 residents and stand humbled at the opportunity to do so. I appreciate the vote of District 11 and look forward to serving an additional four years for my second term in office. Thank you. Wayne Garrett. Ronald Reagan said, as government expands, liberty contracts. John Adams said, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. I'm a conservative Christian that thinks we should pay attention to these past leaders. My platform and my vision for Williamson County is that our government should be limited and accountable with competitive pay for teachers and county employees. That our schools should have curriculum that is focused on the fundamentals of education and that is void of racializing and sexualizing our students. That our voting system should be state of the art and inspire confidence in our voting results. We should improve our financial best practices by adding measurements that will help us maintain our AAA bond rating for decades to come and that will help us lower our debt. We see wokeification per permeating our schools, our military, our corporations, and our libraries, and even in our language. Most of us know terms like CRT and SEL and DEI. A new term called ESG has emerged. It stands for Environmental Social Governance. It scores a private company's compliance with DEI policies. While portrayed as ideas for social improvement, these ideas can in reality be reality be front door and back door attacks on Christian values. People should be free to pursue life, liberty, and the, and the pursuit of happiness. For me, that would mean promoting our community as a place where faith in God, traditional families, and constitutional freedoms are encouraged. Please cast your vote for county commissioner candidates and school board candidates that support these ideas. If you live in District 11, I ask for your vote and your support. You can go to votewaynegarrett.com for more information. Remember, status quo can sometimes be our foe. Thank you, and God bless our country and our county. Brian Bethard. Well, thank you, and I'll yield some of my time to once again uh, thank Sherry Anderson, Cheryl Brown. Um, also want to thank you, Richard, for being here, and of course, WAKM, Tom Lawrence, and uh, the Williamson Herald with uh, Derby Jones. Uh, these forums are important. A lot of counties don't have the ability to offer them, and this forum allows the, the voter to see into the uh, a little bit into the minds and, and mentality of those they'll be voting for. I have been county commissioner now for 12 years. Um, I've enjoyed it. I love this county. I too am a Christian conservative. Um, I love what uh, my fellow commissioners have done in concert with uh, with the cities, as we mentioned before, and with the, the heads of the various departments. Um, we have we have won a lot of awards. Uh, we are an excellent county to live in. Um, if you believe that, I hope that I will be awarded with your vote, as well as the other incumbents who are running this year. If you do believe we need major change, then there are uh, individuals you can vote for that support that. At the end of the day, the will of the people should remain inerrant. And uh, that is my hope, and my hope is in that inerrancy, uh, they will find their way to vote for me in the 11th district. Lisa Lennox. Yes. 
So um, I am excited to be running. I've been door knocking now for many, many weeks and meeting a lot of my constituents and hearing their concerns, which just energizes me more for my passion to represent my district as in Williamson County on the commission. Um, I also um, feel like it's an opportunity for me to also utilize my skills from my previous career in um, having collaborations with not only state but local uh, representatives as well as my constituents to represent their needs. I don't think that there's necessarily from those of us which I I assume that's maybe what you're making reference to, Brian, that um, we are seeing major change. I just think that sometimes a fresh face brings a fresh perspective and brings maybe a little bit of change that isn't such a bad thing um, and also a new perspective. So I, I thank all the county commission because you all work very hard and you don't get paid to do this, really, truly, you don't get a whole lot of money to do this and you it's a lot of your personal time. So I do appreciate that. And running for office, I tell people, is not for sissy it is a lot of work and people don't I think appreciate when you're running for office that it is a lot of personal time and effort and energy so um, it, it really has energized me more and I um, look forward to the opportunity to represent the great citizens of District 1 and uh, hope I have that opportunity thank you so much Bradley Diaz absolutely um, you know I want to also say thank you all very much to everybody that put this on for us because just like Brian said, it does uh, allow the you know, constituents to look at you know, who they have as a choice. Um, and uh, thank you for the great questions that we had tonight and also thank you for you asking the question, I mean, uh, directing us and telling us which way to go. But uh, you know, my path to be up here tonight started you know, a couple years ago um, you know, when the whole shutdown happened and all the stuff that happened, uh, it, it really made me want to get on the path to, to basically get involved, just like uh, Lisa was saying. And uh, I, I was very much on the fence about it. And I was thinking, you know, is it really something I want to do? Because, you know, I don't have to work out like Arnold Schwarzenegger to know it's a lot of work to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's kind of the same thing with running for a political office. Uh, but you don't realize how much work it is until you actually get started on and get into it and get into the, uh, the run of it. Um, but when I was at church uh, late January, early February, uh, there was a guest pastor that came in and uh, he said something that, like I said, I was very much on the fence and he said, what would you do in 2022 if Jesus was with you? And I thought to myself, man, he is talking directly to me. Uh, and I felt like that it was just God calling me to, to enter this race and win or lose, he's going to use it for good. Um, so there will be no loss, whether, you know, my two, you know, uh, fellow, you know, campaigners, um, you know, when it hands down or I blow them out the water, it doesn't really matter. It'll be two of us will be up there and we're going to work together um, and it's going to be great. So I wanted to thank everybody for, uh, you know, watching this, whether it be uh, via the link or here in person. And uh, I am Bradley Diaz. I am running for County Commissioner for District 10 and I humbly ask for your vote. Thank you. Megan Guffey. Thanks, Richard. I, too, want to thank you all for putting this on and for um, giving the service to our community, um, the education, the information that people need, um, that voters need to make good decisions. Uh, I also want to take a moment to thank my family, um, without whom this would not be possible, and a special shout out to my mother, who makes all things possible <laughs> for me to be able to do this. Um, I grew up here. I love it here. I'm raising my family here. 
I am passionate about being a part, an active part of this community and serving this community. Um, I want to protect and enhance the quality of life that has been built here in Williamson County the past several decades. So many leaders of whom I, I know personally have spent their time and their energy and their efforts in building this community that is so attractive to so many people, uh, myself included. I want to support the departments of our county. They are doing all of the hard work, and I want to continue to support them. I've been attending all of the budget meetings that I can make. Uh, I did have to miss two for work this week, and I was disappointed. Um, but it has been so enlightening to be a part of that process and to see the needs that the departments bring with their budget and to hear those justifications. Um, and. I just want to um, keep the focus on the greatness that we have here in Williamson County and continue to support and protect that. Thank you. David Landrum. Thank you all for having us. This is really, I, I'm going to almost have to say I've enjoyed it, but it <laughs> made me a little nervous at that time or two. But no, I really do appreciate the opportunity to do this in the forum and the way it's respected, and it means a lot. You asked the question, there's th three things. I, I'm going to use one pretty, I'm going to call it a little corny, but it's mine. My motivation for seeking re-election is opportunity to continue to serve our greatest asset. And what's our greatest asset in Williamson County? The people. We get to continue to serve all the people of Williamson County and District 10. And I want to continue to do that with integrity, experience, and commitment. I want to ensure families have continued access to the best education system in the country. I want our teachers to get fair salaries and be paid. I want to collaborate with city, county colleagues to improve traffic and support smart growth and, in, smart growth and infrastructure. I want to continue to steward our county finances as a fiscal Christian conservative and maintaining our AAA bond rating. And the people that serve us and do us from law enforcement to teachers, all those, I don't want to leave anybody out, but we need to pay them. We need to take care of our county. And I'm so passionate about this county. 40 years of my life, I, I want to give 40 more if I can. Mm -hmm. But I really have enjoyed it. And I want to be there. I'm asking for your vote. I'm David Landrum, District 10. I live in Miles Manor Court. Every piece of information I've got has got my cell number on there. That's my direct cell number. And don't hesitate to use it because I'm here for you. Thank you. Well, thank all of y'all this evening and thank the audience. I wish the rest of the country could see this. That's how it's supposed to go. Thank you, ladies. Let me, um, I, I want to close with uh, a few things. Uh, as the chairman of the Williamson County Republican Party. We are the county party. We're not the state party, though we are directly up under the state party and the uh, national RNC, Republican National Party. But the role of the Republican Party is to elect Republicans, raise funds for Republicans, recruit membership and involvement. So um, we are a pack with bylaws. So with that said, that during a primary, we, the Republican Party, cannot support or endorse any individual candidate during this time. But we do give equal representation on our platform. 
So if you have anything that you would like for us to uh, push on our social media or in our, on our website regarding you know, your campaign, it is our, our responsibility to give you equal representation. But we at the moment, doing a primary cannot endorse a candidate per our bylaws. And we understand that there are, the, you know, with Williamson families is a pack, but our funds at this moment is held during the general to assist and help those who may be having, you know, those who are in challenge with, you know, let's say an independent or a Democrat. So that's what we use our funds for. What we as a board have had a, had a, um, a discussion is that though some of you have ran are running on the Republican platform, that we have not heard from you directly because if you are a Republican, why not contact the Republican office? And we have, you know, on our own cognizance, we have reached out to you, the Republicans, to be a part of every platform that we have put out during this time, during the candidate candidate debates, uh, mix and mingles. So we are here for you uh, as the Republican Party of Williamson County. My name is Cheryl Brown. I'm your chairman, and it is my honor to serve you. Thank you. Is that it, ladies? Yes. We're out of here.